Good morning. It is Friday, November 5th, the final Friday when it looks like we even have a little itty bitty bit of sunshine before we daylight save or save the daylight or save tonight, fight the break of dawn, whatever happens. It's going to be so dark so early. Kelly Collis, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, it's Friday, though, at least. Mm-hmm. And winter is coming. If I also didn't report to you, Kelly, it is National Donut Day. <laughs> great. <laughs> Do you know that donuts have less sugar, uh, less sugar than a granola bar? I did not know that. What? Yeah. So instead of having that granola bar, most granola bars, not like the ones that are all like health, healthy and bougie. Yeah. So like you can feel good the... about having a... Seriously? <laughs> yes. We had a lot of things planned to talk about today. <laughs> Wait, so like the granola bar you buy from the grocery store, not necessarily like the homemade, like small yes. batch with love and spices granola, but it's Wow. Mm-hmm. Now the granola bar might be better for you because I think that it has a little bit more protein, but it does have less sugar. <laughs> and the fiber in the granola bar is also very helpful. Yes, true. Live Broadcasting around the Beltway and beyond, it's Tommy and Kelly made in DC on the Real Fun DC channel and on demand anytime, anywhere you get your podcast. I, you never cease to amaze me, Kelly Collis. I appreciate that about you. <laughs> uh good morning marty good morning thanks for getting involved and thanks for saying hi uh so today is uh the day that uh, colin powell will be laid to rest at the national cathedral is his service um and it is expected uh, we're learning a little bit more details they've been kind of kept under wrap it's um at noon today you can expect every major network if you do want to watch it we'll be covering it um starting around 11 o'clock today madeline albright um is going to be speaking of course she served as secretary of state uh, just after Colin Powell and, and uh, Colin Powell's son, Michael, uh, is also expected to speak. Biden is going to be there. That that was the one detail. But I have not found any other confirmation um, of, of Clinton and President Bush also expected to attend. Um, of course, President Clinton had a big health scare uh, recently, so I don't know if he'll be there as well. I would feel um, like George W. Bush would be there because of, you know, Colin Powell serving with him. I mean, he served with a lot of people sure. over the years, yeah. but it's going to be sure. one of those days when there is all kinds of traffic backups, but it's almost okay. You know, people don't really get super mad about traffic backups for this kind of thing. Yes. It, it, agreed. Uh, I do have to wonder as I went downtown, of course, you know, I live close to the national cathedral and the main thoroughfare is Massachusetts Avenue, mm-hmm. Massachusetts Avenue for the last four or five months has undergone some major, like I think they're putting some sort of gas line or water line or something. Like it's going through a major digging all the way up from like upper Northwest at the Maryland border, all the way downtown. It's right by all the embassies. Yeah. It's a gas line. That's what we're (laughs) doing. I know it's so sketchy, Um, but it is uh, going down it yesterday. That's all I can think about. I'm like this procession it's because there's lanes blocked. There's potholes. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bumpy ride for them. I forgot about how terrible Mass Ave was because you and I went to a meeting uh, in Chevy Chase earlier this week, and it took me significantly longer than I thought <laughs> yeah. to do that. And I also wonder why we didn't do the whole rip up Massachusetts Avenue, a major thoroughfare in the nation's capital. I don't know. While everyone was in their homes, wondering <laughs> is all. As people were starting to get out of their house, they're like, hey, now would be a great time to rip up the Massachusetts <laughs> Avenue. No, um, but I am going to go down and, and, and go down to the procession and um, pay my respects as well. I will tell you the cathedral grounds. It's crazy how they are able to turn that place around. Like they have all the the big truck that's where all the 
broadcast channels are going to be plugging into so they can broadcast live. And there's a tent on the lawn there for all the broadcast media to be like set up in front of the cathedral. Uh, it's, it's pretty wild. It is interesting how that all comes together so quickly. And I was wondering, are you going to go out in the procession? Because it is like 40 degrees, but you also do love America. So uh, <laughs> did you have like a little dialogue in your head about that? No, I'm, I, unfortunately, my kids do not have school today. Um, I'm trying to get them motivated. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. They're still asleep right now. Oh, they can do it. I believe in them. <laughs> Tell them to do it for the Instagram, if nothing else. Yeah, that doesn't work for them, Tommy. Yeah. I will not be there um, on the side of the street, but I will be watching live. So thanks for uh, for being the on the street reporter for that one, Kelly. For sure. For sure. Can we talk about the part of the wharf that sailed away last night? I saw <laughs> like I woke up, to be honest, late this morning and I saw the fish market at the wharf moved. But I was like, I don't understand what's going on. So you've been more dialed into this than I have today. Well, it's really thanks to your friends over at NBC4 and their chopper <laughs> because literally, so Captain White's Seafood Market, which has been there since the 70s, family owned and run. Of course, the fish market down in, in D.C. at the wharf has been there since the 1800s. But sort of a mainstay there, like that's the big sign. That's the mm -hmm. main uh, market that you see when you go in there. Um, has been in a dispute for many years with the developer and with the city over rent. You know, obviously there's been a lot of development down there and they are sort of there first. And there's a lot of rumors flying around of what exactly has happened, but they're like, okay, peace out because <laughs> they're on a barge. <laughs> so they literally unhooked, unanchored, whatever. And uh, I guess it was a total of three barges and left yesterday and chopper four had coverage of them like going down towards the Anacostia um, to find another home. I, I don't but like, so I'm, hang on, I'm trying to grab the video to show on the, on the Facebook stream right here from NBC four. This is wild. So I didn't realize that it wasn't part of the wharf, that it was on a barge it and totally then it sort of so sailed crazy. away. And like, see, look at that photo. There's Jackie Benson, but like, there it is. And then now to see the photo, if you go back to her, her live shot, where it's just like this empty spot. Yeah. Look at see, that. Look at that. It's so weird to see. And so the other fish markets are still there. Jesse and there's another one there. I didn't yeah. realize that backdrop <laughs> was just, uh, just yeah. not part of the land. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. He's, he says the owner who I guess is now the son is running it. Um, is going to um, find another home. Mm. Said it's probably not going to be in D.C. I think he had some issues with taxes as well. Uh -huh. um, so I think he needs to find a new home to park in. Um, but we'll see where he ends up. And then hopefully, um, you know, it gets resolved. But it's just so weird if you go down to the market this weekend, like that gaping hole down there. I wonder if the other fish markets that are there are like, oh, gosh, I'm really sorry to see him go. <laughs> right. Or they're like, ah, there's less fish competition for us. Aha. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that. E I don't know a lot about that ecosystem there, but it's kind of sad in a lot of ways because there is. I, I don't have a, anyone that I'm pitting against, but it's just like it is part of DC's history that totally. fish market, um, and to see a piece of it kind of like literally float away, right? <laughs> it's just kind of sad in some ways. And there's not a ton of other spots they can put it. Like you can't like in theory, like roll up a fish market into Cleveland park, just right. a barge fish market. <laughs> right. Uh, there, there, there would be some logistical <laughs> issues there. 
you got to drive up Mass Ave, which alone would take forever to get there. So totally. that would be a problem. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Man, so, the wharf has been buzzing lately. We got like, you can Google for yourself Maserati. And also now the fish market left yesterday. There's a lot of things going on at the wharf. My goodness. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Um, okay, so I want to talk about pickleball because I have a group of, of friends that do play pickleball like on the regular they're kind of like the suburban moms and they've been doing it for years and they love it. It's sort of like a miniature version of like a traditional tennis game. I've heard of pickleball before, but I always thought it was like some kind of like jokey kids game. No, it's not. It's the fastest growing sport in the United States. I guess it had like this huge spike in 2019 and 2020. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's it, it basically kind of the same rules as tennis. There's a server. You can do single, you can do doubles. Um, I think the points go up to 11. I mean, it's it's a very basic kind of racket sport. Is there a net? Yes, there's a net, and the ball kind of looks like a wiffle ball. Uh huh. So it's a little bit lighter than like a tennis ball. Um, but DC has taken notice. Parks and Rec now has uh, put up 34 outdoor pickleball courts. 34. 34. And then they are planned. They uh, have a commitment to be in all eight wards, which they're not quite there by early 2022. Wow. And what's great about it for a city sport is because the courts are smaller. Mm. So they can, you know, unlike tennis courts, they can jam more courts in and uh, make better use of space and enjoy the pickleball uh, craze. And there's a pickleball league. I mean, all ages. It's not just like an old lady or an old man sport. Okay. That makes more sense. Cause I was wondering like how, how do you put 34 courts in a city that's only so big? I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah, totally. I've, I've so, never thought of being a pickleballer myself, but maybe we'll have to give it a try. I know. I know. I'm, I, I've never played either, but like, you know, just a great way to stay active. And be yeah, outside. Is, it, is it like a truly like athletes sport or is it like a athleisure sport? No, people take it very seriously. I mean, you have to move and you have to throw mm. the ball and hit it. I mean, it's a smaller court, so maybe you're not running around as much mm -hmm. um, as you would in tennis. But like, it's a thing. And and by the way, I need to give credit to the Washington City paper because I'm stole from their homework. Nice. If you didn't, you you just credited it, so you didn't steal there, Kelly. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I know you've been pretty concerned about um, the future of broadcasting for the Washington Nationals. Their um, F.P. Santangelo is not returning next season to be in the booth for the games. I've heard rumors that you're one of the lead people. Mm -hmm. um, you, can you speculate or comment on that? No, I am not. It will, in the booth? Well, F F.P. was a was a baseball player, professional baseball player. So I think yeah. they need to hire a, another professional baseball player because his partner, Bob Car Carpenter, who's also been with the team, is returning. Mm -hmm. And he's more of a broadcaster. So to be able to... Ha they they need a baseball player in there to have that analysis and have that background. So uh, there is a list of candidates kind of like swirling around. So that wasn't the a no from you. No, no, absolutely not. Okay, okay I'm just no, listen. Not. I just want to put it out there. When whenever no. someone in the View or one of those shows changes, there's a lot of speculation. No. So I'm just no. trying to get ahead of it before no. the paper starts calling you to be like, why no. are you copying our homework? And also, do you have a comment on whether you'll be a broadcaster in the next? <laughs> As long as it's not Grant Paulson, like, <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all good. Absolutely not a sports player. <laughs> um, so you might imagine that Ryan Zimmerman, of course, makes sort of the top of the list. There are totally. a lot of rumors that he's not going to come back as a player. I wouldn't put my money on him. If he's going to re retire, I think he's going to take a little break from the game or have like a 
smaller role and just kind of like chill. He's got young kids. His wife is pregnant with her first fourth kid. Yeah, really. I don't know. Like going back in and like going to all the games and covering all the games sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Worth again. There's talk about him. I can't see that happening either. His, and plus, his house is on the market in, in McLean. So yeah. <laughs> he's got like a, he's like a farmer too now. He has like a farm and he's like growing yeah. like wheat for beer or something. Yeah, he's. I think he's Gonzo. Uh, the other couples, um, Michael Morris, who actually um, he he played with the with the Nats. He was part of the team when we first went to the playoffs in 2012. He's done some broadcasting uh, with the Nats, actually, and um, he's got a great personality. He's young. He's fun. I could definitely see him doing something he like that. Like pops back in every once in a while too. Yeah, like yep. comes to yep. games and stuff. And he was the yeah. take on me guy too for a while, right? He, yeah, he is the reason why that was his walk-up song. He is. Um, so that would be great to see him come. Like I get that mm-hmm. that I could see him plug right in. The other player, my beloved, the tortured pitcher, our it's closing not pitcher, <laughs> not gonna happen. Drew Storen, number twenty-two. Here's here's why it might. Okay. Okay. First off, it, he is he went to Stanford. And I just say that because being a broadcaster, like you have to have a certain breadth of vocabulary and grammar. And I've always said that. <laughs> I mean, a sportscaster. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I feel like he would be do well with that. He's got a kind of personality. Also, his father was a professional sportscaster in Indianapolis. And then apparently he's got a, is it a cousin, a distant relative. Um also is an ESPN sportscaster. So like, I feel like he would be a good fit. He could have a segment that is called do as I say, dot, dot, dot. Look, he knows the team. Well, <laughs> he can talk about losses. Um, That's I true. Mean, intimately. He, he's got like a, a tortured history with the nationals, mm. but I think overall people liked him. He was, he was a likable player. It just he did. He, he choked. <laughs> um, and you, you have like a love for him. You had his number on your Jersey. So I feel mm. like you're a little biased in this, in this process. Well, maybe, but also his resume. Yeah. That's true. I mean, he has a cousin who is a broadcaster, so therefore it runs no. in the family. <laughs> no, his father was a professional broadcaster in Indianapolis, has a, had a show for like decades. My dad was a state trooper. You don't see me arresting people. Well, all I'm saying is that look at Joe Buck. Joe Buck's dad was a, was a famous yes. broadcaster. Look at Joe Buck. Indeed. My goodness. That's what we need. <laughs> He's one of the most successful professional sports broadcasters. You can't deny that. Like, if you love him or hate him, he's the one in today's. As of today, he is mm-hmm. the most successful sports broadcaster in the country. To quote the um, extremely knowledgeable, attractive, sensible, and kind Kelly Collis, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Okay. All right. Just saying is all. Okay. I know not you're a not a big fan of his. I know. I listened to it. He was on a podcast on Smartless, and I listened to it, and it's incredible, and I have a whole newfound respect for it. Really? Him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. give me the give me the top line on it. I'm willing to be um I'm willing to have my opinion changed by you. Lord knows it won't be the first time. I he was just very open about growing up in the ballpark, going to all the games with his dad who, you know, covered the um, at St. Louis for 
decades. He talks about his second marriage. He talks about his hair plugs. He talks about his twins who are three years old and how he's too old to have kids like this. And one of them bit him in the penis. I mean, he has like a very like open relationship with on Spartless, right? And, and just shares a lot. Yeah, it has everything. It's, it's really good. It just humanizes him a little bit. Uh, it, you had me, you had me until the bite part. <laughs> well, that's it. Takes a big man to like admit to that on on a very popular podcast. That is true. That is true. It, you know, <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Anyway, I don't either. How we got here? We're gonna know in a couple months uh, who is gonna replace them as as spring training starts in February. Also, speaking of training and getting ready, uh, the Washington Spirit, the saga continues with them. The professional female soccer team, my goodness, um, they're, the team is for sale. They've had so much drama, but now some news uh, that there could be a new owner on the horizon. Yeah. So the the St. James, the, the big like megaplex um, that is in Northern Virginia for sports. And I mean, it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like not a gym. It's just a giant almost multiple stadium because it has like indoor everything from yeah, hockey stadium. to soccer. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a chain. I think there's another one in Chicago and it's owned by the holding group that also owns the Dodgers oh. and the Lakers and a couple other sports teams. And there I bring this up because the Washington post reported this because it's got local angle. The guy who sits on the board of the holding company for the St. James Grew up in D.C. He went to Landon. He grew up in Bethesda. Um, he went to William and Mary. That's kind of local-ish. And uh, the fact that he's investing in a women's sports team here in D.C. is just of interest. That's really cool. And yeah. it, it, it sounds too. It's not just like some rich person who's like, "I love to have a team." Ha ha! Like they've actually got some experience in having yeah. pretty successful professional sports teams. Yes. Yes, the sale is nowhere, nowhere near done, um, but it's it's kind of exciting. And I, I gosh, the Washington Spirit, they've been through yeah. so much. Fingers crossed that um, they can, um, you know, continue to flourish and, and, and have some good owners because we know that makes a big difference. Totally. They absolutely deserve a win off the field very much. Yes, yes. Kelly, have you ever heard of Southern Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week? <laughs> Nope, but I think I'm about to. Yes, you are. So not the thing that you would think about coming out of Southern Maryland. My parents live in St. Mary's County, and I don't I don't think it has this like bastion of veganism down there. Um, they've got a lot of great stuff in Southern Maryland. Didn't know there was a lot of vegans running around there. So uh, this week is Southern Maryland Vegan Restaurant Week, and I talked to Alyssa Kircher, who is, um, along with a friend, doing this whole thing, and they're doing it on a volunteer basis thought it was going to be like two restaurants in each county. She ended up with 18 plus. And wow. uh, I, yeah, I asked her like about the phenomenon of, of vegans in Southern Maryland. When we, when we first started talking, I was like, Southern Maryland vegans, that's crazy. When you hear that though, are you like, Tommy, you're so wrong. You don't know what's going on down here. Or <laughs> is it a small but mighty group? What is the vegan you know community like in Southern Maryland? Yeah, it's you're not crazy. Um, it definitely is something that, you know, it as much as it's growing, it's still it's still something that needs more awareness and needs more more people talking about it, more people 
um, participating and supporting. There's a meetup group that meets at restaurants, local restaurants, things like that. It, it's an evolving challenge, but there's lots of growth as well. I was quite surprised to learn this and uh, it wraps up on Sunday and it's a lot of restaurants. There's not like many like vegan restaurants there, but restaurants that are not vegan have been putting vegan options on for this. And they've got a happy hour at the Ruddy Duck in Solomon's uh, <laughs> tomorrow, Saturday, which just the, the name, the Ruddy Duck is a fun name to say. That's really cute. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to an, an all vegan restaurant? No. I went for the first time I was in Miami uh, over the summer with my cousin who is like dating a health and wellness, like fitness guru. And they took us to this restaurant. Um, and it's a little, it's a little bizarre if you're not used to it because it's like, they have all the normal things. Like they have like fried rice and tuna, tuna sashimi, but it's not like the tuna sashimi is watermelon. <laughs> Right, because it's got that bright red yeah. color. Does it still so, cost as much as tuna? Because that's a difference in price. Well, I mean, it was Miami. I don't. That's I don't true. Know. Um, the the fried rice, of course, didn't have eggs. It was like tofu and something else. I mean, it's just like a weird because literally no fish, no nothing, no eggs, no butter, no nothing. No cheese. Um, yeah, it is. It, it was. Um, it was a good experience. But it was just a little striking because there's not a lot of like a full vegan like there was no other options. Hmm. Yeah. What What did you have that night at the vegan restaurant in Miami? I had the fried rice and I had the 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 tuna, which I, I for whatever reason I thought it would be tuna, but I was like, this doesn't. <laughs> but, you forgot the no. rules of the game. <laughs> yes, I did. I, oh, I thought fish were okay. <laughs> Um, so, uh, follow-up question. Did your husband go to the vegan restaurant? Um, yes, he did. And uh, he was, he... since we were guests, um, and, um, you know, he was very well behaved on it, but I did have to take him out for a hamburger afterwards. <laughs> well, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. But if you are uh, vegan curious, or maybe you are a vegan in Southern Maryland, there are like 18 plus restaurants in, uh, St. Mary's and Calvert County who are, who are getting involved this weekend. That's that's amazing because it also being a vegan chef, uh, you have to get creative too. Totally, and we're never surprised when when chefs get creative because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Plus, there are um, more episodes than vegan restaurants in Saint, in Southern Maryland on the podcast. You can listen to so many. You can even listen to past shows as you eat your vegan food if you want to give that a try. <laughs> Anywhere you get your podcast, like, share, subscribe, five star review, leave a comment. I know that's a big ask, to be honest with you. Like, let's talk for real about that for a second. There's all, everyone's always like, hey, leave a comment. Like on Amazon, like you buy paper towels. They're like, hey, how was your purchase? Leave a comment. I know everyone asks you to do that, but for real, if you could do that, that'd be great. Thanks. Yes, we, we appreciate that. Have a good weekend and we'll see you next time.